Okay, good evening everyone. Welcome to our daily Dhamma. Today's topic is, what is it like to be enlightened? It's a good question, isn't it? is what we're striving for ultimately, right? So why is it good? Why is it a good question? Why is it good to know? I think obviously it's something we all are curious about and want to know. First of all, so that we know whether it's something that might be worth attaining ourselves. Also to know how far we are from it. But another, I think, interesting point is it allows us to direct ourselves in the right, in the right direction. Even though we're n even when we're not enlightened ourselves we can we can uh, mimic an enlightened being mimic is not the right word we can emulate is the word emulate is like when we keep the five precepts when we don't kill well enlightened beings don't kill naturally for the unenlightened, it's something you have to work at, so you emulate enlightened behavior. And some a cynic might say, well, you fake. But you know the saying, fake it till you make it. it. There's something interesting there, because the Tibetans believe that by pretending to be a Buddha, or not pretending, by really believing that you are a Buddha, you actually become closer to being a Buddha. Well, I don't think that that's I don't agree that that's uh, adequate practice I don't know that the Tibetans really do either Though I don't know too much about their tradition But um, There's something to it I mean It gives you a road map it Gives you some Markers to live by to know when you're acting like an enlightened being and to know when you're not, so to know what you have to change. So this is the question, what is it like to be enlightened? There's a story that I think is, um, I think is interesting. I've got two lists that I can think of where the Buddha gave a list of characteristics of what it might be like to be enlightened. The first one is, I think, my favorite. Um, Sariputta, the Buddha asks Sariputta, Sariputta says something. About the Buddha, and the Buddha says, oh, so you have faith in me that, that, that I'm enlightened? 
And Sariputta said, no, I don't have faith in you that you're enlightened. And the Buddha went away. And uh, Sariputta was the Buddha's chief disciple, right? I mean, chief disciple saying, hey, I don't have faith in you. And so the monks were all disturbed by this. The, 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 the unenlightened monks were disturbed by it because they, they misunderstood what he meant. Of course, he didn't mean that Sariputta didn't mean he didn't think the Buddha was enlightened, but he knew that the Buddha was enlightened. It wasn't out of faith, right? So they started talking about this. Oh, Sariputta has no faith in the Buddha. And the Buddha hears them talking and he says, What are you guys talking about? And they say, uh, and They tell him, and, and the Buddha said, Yes, that's right, he's faithless. And he said, uh, and he gave this, this verse, he said, Asadho akatanyucha sandhiche dojayo naru. And these words, you really have to know Pali to really get the joke. I mean, it's probably the close, one of the closest examples the Buddha comes to humor. Uh, uh, asadho means faithless. Akatanyu means, uh, it's a word that means ungrateful. A means not. And then kata means what is done. And anyu means one who knows. So it, it, it means one who doesn't know, means in the sense of doesn't keep in mind the things that were done for them. If someone does something for you, you just forget about it, not interested. Not grateful is what it means. Akatanyu. Sandhichedo means one who breaks chains, breaks locks, a lockpick. So when you have, uh, you know, they would lock up, lock their gates in India to keep the robbers out and so a Sandhicheda was a robber someone who who picks locks a housebreaker kind of thing Sandhi means a chain and Cheda Sandhicheda Cheda means one who breaks it who cuts with whatever they had to cut the chain Hatavakaso Someone who has destroyed all opportunity. Who, so, uh, someone who has has destroyed all all opportunity. It's for someone who is is without any, uh, no, without any future. Like this is what you'd say about a bum, someone who had dropped out of school and had no interest, and maybe just did drugs all day or something, drank alcohol all day. This is someone with no opportunity. Katavakaso. Vantaso means someone who is uh, hopeless. Means someone who you have no hope in. You look at them and you say, I cannot hope good for that person. There is no hope for them. All hope is lost. And then the Buddha says, Hatavakaso Vandaso, and then he says, Satve Uttama Puriso. Uttama Puriso. This is the height of humanity, he says. He's talking about Sariputta. Yeah. And you have to know the Pali didn't know how this all makes sense. 
Well, the first one's easy to understand it's from the story. Asadho means someone who doesn't have to believe anyone, not in regards to what's important. They have no faith in the Buddha because they know it's knowledge, it's no longer belief. Asadho. All these, I got in an argument with a Buddhist, a Sri Lankan Buddhist once. He said, Oh, faith is so important. I said, Oh, yeah. Listen to the Buddha. He said, Faithless is the best. I was kind of joking. Faith is important, faith is useful. And as a quality of mind, it's the same thing. Um, in fact, the faith is much stronger when you act in the mind when you actually know it. So it still is faith, but. In a conventional sense, we wouldn't call it faith because you actually know. If you know something to be true, you don't have to believe it. But technically, you still do believe it. Akatanyu is an interesting compound because it actually can mean two different things. So, akatanyu, katanyu means one who knows what is done, akatanyu, one who doesn't know. But you can also split it akata and anyu. One who knows what is akata. And akata is that which is not made, that which is not produced. And there are only two things that are not, there's only one thing, I guess, that's not made, not produced, and that is nibbana. Nibbana is called the akata dhamma. It's not made, it's not produced, it's not caused. So Sariputta is someone who knows Nibbana is what it means. Sandhicheda, Sandhicheda is fairly easy because Sandhi is the chain and it's the chain of samsara, the chain of causation. You know, avijja pachaya sankara, sankara pachaya vijnana. Because of ignorance there is karma, because of karma there is vijnana, birth. If you cut that chain, if you cut out the ignorance, then there is no karma because there is no karma there is no rebirth because there is no rebirth then there is no suffering and so on there is no craving because there is no craving there is no clinging no clinging means no becoming and so on you cut this chain hantavakaso means someone who has no opportunity Opportunity here means opportunity for more arising, especially of defilements. In this person, there's no opportunity for more karma, for more becoming. Everything they do is just functional. It's just, it's what we think we are. I mean, it sounds like a zombie, but it's not. It's it's what we think we are. We think when, when I eat, I'm just eating, right? And then when you come to meditate, you realize it's not actually the case. When we eat, we're lost. We're often not even anywhere near the food. Our minds are off doing something else. Or if they're near the food, they're obsessing over it. It's good, it's bad, it's too sweet, too salty, too plain, too hot, too cold. Or it's just right, it's perfect, it's delicious. An enlightened being is... There's no opportunity for any of that. There's no opportunity for defilements to get in, no opportunity for mara, for evil. 
you can't hurt such a person, you can't uh, trigger them, you can't instigate them. Wanta so someone who is hopeless. I mean this is a this is a great word. Someone who is hopeless means someone who doesn't hope. And someone who hopes means they still want things. Meditators hope that tomorrow will be the, the pain will go away tomorrow. I had a bad day today, I hope that tomorrow is a better day. Or I had a really good day, I hope tomorrow is just like today or even better. So here's a here's a reminder for you. Abandon all hope. Abandon all hope you enter here. Without hope, it's like without wanting. If you have no hope, then you're already perfect. It's really that simple. If you want to be happy, the only way to be happy is to stop wanting. And so therefore to stop hoping. Hope will always be a vulnerability, never be an asset. It's not an asset to become enlightened. You can't hope you're going to become enlightened. It doesn't work that way. Hope is a, is a detriment because it means you're discontent. It means you're not fully present here, objective, with reality. You're biased, partial. And therefore disappointed much of the time. Savayutamapuriso. This is the height of what it means to be a human, the height of humanity. I think I've talked about this before. That's a really good list. There's another one that um, it's actually in the Patisambhida Manga. That actually, I, I don't know if it comes anywhere else, but it's. Uh, it's one that's familiar to me. Can can only find it in the Padisambhida Manga, which is a sort of a lesser or um, I mean it, it's one one of the more technical part uh, books of the Tipitaka. Probably not actually the words of the Buddha. It's supposed to be the words of Sariputta, but maybe. So in it it says Akodano Anupanahi Visudho Sudatangato There's another one Visudho Let's see Amaki maybe first Akodano Anupanahi Amaki Visudho Sudatangato Sampanaditi Medhavi Tangjanya Aryoiti This appears to have come from an earlier text, but I don't know where that is. So it gives a list of qualities of, of an Arya. I mean, this is the list of what it means to be an enlightened being. So it's another really good list to think of. And so it's, it's simpler than the other one. Akodano Anupanahi, it means these two words often go together. They're on that um, they're a translation of... Uh, or they're not a translation, they relate to the verse that we have hanging on the wall. Akodano means one who doesn't get angry. Sariputta was famous for this. There was a monk who accused him of 
all sorts of things. And there was another monk. There's a good story of a monk who who heard that the that Sariputta was didn't get angry. And everyone's praising Sariputta, and so he thought, I'm going to test this. So he took a stick, and when Sariputta was walking, he actually came up behind him and just whacked him across the back with a stick. Yeah, it's never happened to me, but uh, I've certainly been tested by my share of people. <laughs> I don't have to compare myself to Sariputta, but uh, as a monk, you know, it's, it sounds crazy to think, but yeah, there are people who just... Uh, the first the first order of business for them is to test the, their, the, the people who they're going to look up to. So uh, slapped him across the back And Sariputta just turns around And looks at him And then keeps walking Akodano, he didn't get angry Anupanahi is um, Is what relates to that verse on the wall Anupanahi means to get angry back Or it means to hold on to the anger Holding on to the anger is uh, is the worst evil, right? I mean, getting angry is not something we all work at, work with, work at, work to overcome. As meditators, um, you know, in big meditation centers, meditators will often get angry, and and people who work in the meditation center certainly will get angry at each other. And that, that's something that, in a, to some extent, we have to allow. We have to make allowance for each other. Yes, this person is angry at me. Uh, I mean, I think often there's, it's, it's dangerous we fall into this, this um, um, what's the word, where we, uh, we don't allow it. Um, lack of English words. Um, we uh, we aren't able to accept. You know, if someone else is angry. Intolerance. That's the word. We, we're intolerant of other people's anger, and we think, "Hey, these are meditators. What are they doing, getting angry?" I had one monk. He was threatening to throw me, to smash me against a wall, and really big British guy once another monk chased me through the forest once I had a monk take a broomstick to my head once he didn't actually hit me but he was he would have he really would have he was ready to I was being a little bit I was testing him because anyway long story but uh, yeah but you have to allow for to some extent I mean I think the broomstick was a bit much but uh the problem is when we when we hold on to it. You know, if you, if you understand these things, you understand that these conditions come up, and you deal with them. I remember angry people coming to my teacher and and leaving without the anger because he didn't partake in it. You know, I'd sit and watch, and people come up with all sorts, and he's like a sponge, just taking it in, cleaning it out, in with the in with the bad, out with the good. 
that's kind of how we should be is like filters people bring us all their garbage we take it in and I, it really it means we don't take it in but it's kind of like a filter you act like a filter because normally not taking in means to reject it you know you're angry at me I reject that no you're not allowed to be angry at me go away get out of my face I won't I, I can't handle this go in your room lock the door that's how we normally reject people's anger but that's that's this that's holding on to it that's reacting to it and it's really the Buddha said it's the worst evil one who is angry back at someone who gets angry It's the worst evil Because that's what creates the conflict To be a real filter And to, be, to have true purity you, 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 bring, you take it in You accept it Someone's angry at you, you I mean you don't the anger doesn't come to you we, th we think of it like the anger is some kind of vibe that makes us angry but it's not all that comes to us is seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking our anger is totally unrelated to their anger this is what we don't realize your anger is not because they are angry it's because you get tricked into reacting the way they react where we mimic someone's angry we get angry. Someone's stressed, we get stressed. And we think, oh, these, they, they, they rubbed off on me. It didn't rub off. You're, you're mimicking them. You're, you're letting it trigger you. So, akodano anupanahi, not to get angry, not to hold on to anger. Amaki means to not be crooked. What is maki? Oh no, maki. Amaki is to uh, not look down on people, to not be condescending or arrogant, conceited. The um, this one monk accused Sariputta of 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 hitting him, and what had happened is Sariputta had walked by and brushed his robe. Right, there was part of his robe sticking out. Sariputta brushed him like that, and so he goes around saying that because he really had a bone to pick. It was some, about something else. He, he felt like Sariputta was partial against him, and so he uh, he wanted to create trouble, and so he went around saying that Sariputta had hit him. And Sariputta came before the Buddha, and the Buddha said, "Hey, so they're saying that you hit this monk. Is it true?" Or he didn't even ask whether it's true because he knows it's not true. But he said, "This is what they're saying." And Sariputta said, "You know, for someone who valued this body." Someone who valued the physical body, then I might, such a person might hit another person. He said, but this body is, is like a corpse to me that I have to carry around. I have no attachment to the physical realm whatsoever. I would have no reason to hit anyone. This babe, he, he, the teaching is that. An enlightened being doesn't have any, uh, you know, attachment to themselves. No reason to harm others because they don't cling to themselves. So there's no holding yourself as higher to someone else. 
The idea that you might hit someone else is just ridiculous. Uh, then we have Visudho Sudatangato. Visudho means someone who is pure. So, I mean, this is really the key, and this is something that we're all, I think, fairly well aware of. An enlightened being doesn't have anger, greed, delusion. Their minds are pure. Sudatangato means going to that which is pure, which is Nibbana again. They enter into states of purity where they become free from suffering. Sampanaditki medhavi. They have right view and they are wise. Tangjanya aryo. Such a person you know is, as an arya. So Sampanaditi means right view. And there's much, there's many aspects to this. I mean, right view to some extent is just knowing that what the Buddha taught was right. But um, most importantly, it relates to the Four Noble Truths. To know that nothing is worth clinging to, basically. What you're learning now, you may not realize it, but if you think about it, and if you reflect upon what you are learning, not even maybe what you expected to learn, but what you're learning is that nothing's worth clinging to. You're looking at, you're realizing that you're you cling to a lot of stuff that really isn't worth clinging to. Our suffering comes from clinging to things. It's the Four Noble Truths. When you, when you really realize that, that's called right view, noble right view. And that's what leads to Nibbana, that's what leads to freedom. Medhavi is wisdom, or one who is wise. And so that relates a lot to right view. But there's more, I think. Um, right, what right view does to, for you is allows you wisdom of so many, you know, of many different kinds. You find that amazingly you're able to solve all your worldly problems much better. And there's still challenges, but the challenges are reduced by an order of magnitude at least. There's... Um, they're not difficult in the same way because you realize the true problem is never with your experiences or your situation, it's with your reactions. You, you, you be, you're able to look at a situation objectively because you're not hating it or loving it, you're, you're observing it. And so therefore you can see what most other people overlook and they tie themselves in knots to get what they want and to get away from what they don't want. that sort of wisdom it's the wisdom of an enlightened being to be able to solve and to fix and to organize and to build great things and that's the Dhamma for tonight a little bit of a little bit of insight into what it's like to be enlightened I mean, just some idea about some of the qualities of mind that an enlightened being possesses useful for us as this is what we strive for and remind us of some of these things and, and hopefully give us something to aim for that's something that we'd like to be hopefully some of this seems uh, desirable 
like something that you would like to uh, to strive towards because just feeling that way you know just uh, aligning yourself with these qualities just that I mean is is a great step towards becoming that you know, because of your intention your intention and your inclination will drive you it's what will lead you having that framework puts you in the right direction it focuses your practice so there you go that's the Dhamma for tonight thank you all for tuning in you all can go practice guess I'm going to answer a few questions let's see how many questions okay we've got four questions since killing is against the precepts, is spraying a house against bugs, cockroaches, killing considered killing? I mean, unless it's repellent, those things usually kill the insects. So yes, that would be killing. As far as bacteria, I don't know. I don't really have an answer for that. I'm not sure whether bacteria has a mind or not. Uh, someone was saying no. A monk. I asked a monk this once, and he said no because you don't even uh, you don't even know that the bacteria are there. It's kind of a weird answer. I'm not so convinced, but or it was more complicated than that. But um, it's not something I would worry about personally. I mean, I don't sympathize. I don't empathize so much with bacteria. I empathize with insects. So therefore, I feel it important not to kill insects. Don't empathize with bacteria, really. Okay, I'm feel propelled to less propelled to engage in social interactions. Okay, I'm also doing samatha and vipassana. Well, I mean, this is a long question, but my only answer to you is do one or the other. I mean, I don't teach samatha. I think you know. So if you want my advice, you really have to. Your best bet is to just practice as I teach. Now, if it if you're practicing something else. Really, you should find a teacher who will help you with that. What are Nagas in Buddhism? I don't offer anything to the Nagas. Nagas are dragons, really, or it's a, it's a serpent race that apparently lives under the earth, under the water, I don't know, in their own realm, actually. It's like a another dimension or something. How important is kindness and or giving to the practice? How should one interact with people not directly involved with one's life? Um, I think it's important. I mean, I think it's a quality of an enlightened being. So doing it is a way of emulating an enlightened being. Someone who, Because an, an enlightened being has no attachment to things. So if someone asks you for something, it doesn't mean you should always give. But it is an interesting practice. It's a useful practice because it teaches you to let go when you don't give when someone asks you when you don't help when someone needs help you're stingy you're greedy you're holding on maybe you're even arrogant okay and that's the question so thank you all for coming out have a good night <laughs>